Well, I want to begin uh, today by asking you a question to think about. Who or what is in control of your life today? Uh, is it you? Are you in charge? Or someone else? Or something else? Or is God in charge of your life today? Who is the master of your life and whom do you serve? Well, this week we studied our fourth name of God, Adonai, which means Lord and Master. Uh, it's, and actually, it's taken from the word Adon, A-D-O-N, which is in the singular, and it's, that word is used when it's talking about a man or a person as Lord and Master. But Adonai is actually in the plural, referring to the God, the Trinity, three in one. And so when we see Adonai in our English Bibles, it is translated as capital L, little O-R-D. In contrast to the name we studied a few weeks ago, Yahweh, when you see Yahweh in our Bibles, it is written with all capital letters, L-O-R-D. So that's the difference between the two. When you see the little letters in Lord, you know it's Adonai. When you see them all caps, you know it's Yahweh. And this name Adonai is special to me. It's probably one of my favorite names because it changed my life once I came to, to know him as Adonai. And you're familiar with my testimony. I even shared some in our study this week uh, about just my testimony and how I came to know him as Adonai. And that happened when I was a junior at LSU. Uh, as I shared with you, and you've heard me give my testimony, but I became a Christian when I was nine years old, and I loved the Lord, and I wanted to serve Him. I even told my parents when I was uh, 15 that I wanted to go on the mission field, and I didn't need to go to college. I, would, I just wanted to serve God. And, of course, they convinced me and made me uh, go to college. And so my, I, I didn't, but I loved the Lord so much in those, those formative years in junior high and high school. But I went to LSU, and I didn't know another Christian. I was by myself, and I wanted so much to fit into this new world and make new friends. But they had a different lifestyle than I did, and I decided one night, I just, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I need to take charge here. I, I need to run my life my way. And I know where to find you if I need you, but I need to do this my way. And so I began to just kind of drift away from the Lord. I, I got caught up in the party scene at LSU, but I was miserable. I mean, yes, I was having fun with all the people and doing the things that everybody on college campuses do, but something was missing. And that Friday afternoon as a junior uh, in college, it was in January, Friday afternoon, a girl on staff with crew came to meet with me, and she helped me understand the importance of knowing Jesus, not just as my Savior, but as my Lord. And that Sunday night, a few nights later, after sitting down in the car talking with Bonnie for hours about it, I went up to my dorm room, got on my knees. It was about 10.30 at night. My roommate wasn't in yet. I got on my knees and I just said, God, I have made a mess of my life. I want you to be Lord. I want you to step back on your rightful throne. And he began to change my life at that moment. 
You know, Adonai is more than a name. It is, it signifies a relationship, a relationship between a master and a servant. And when we think of a master-slave relationship, it's not a positive picture as we think back to books we've read or stories we've heard or pictures, movies, whatever it is that we've seen about the days of slavery in our country. Um, it's not a pretty picture. Masters mistreated slaves. They were not good to their slaves. So we don't have a good connotation of a master-slave relationship. However, in the Old Testament, we're, giving, we're, we're given insight into the relationship of a slave to his master in those days, and it looked a lot different than it did here in our country in the 1800s. A slave or a bondservant in the, the time, Old Testament times was far better off than a hired servant because his master provided for him totally. It was the duty of the master to provide and take care of his slaves. And so the slaves of the Hebrews were considered to be members of the household. They had a special place in that home. And Ephesians, or Exodus 21, 2 to 6, you don't need to look there, but Exodus 21, 2 through 6 gives us insight into that slave-master relationship. A slave belonged to his master for six years, and he would serve him well for those six years. But when it got to the seventh year, he was free to leave. He could go if he wanted to and have his freedom, start his own life apart from his master, or he could choose to stay. And if he chose to stay on his own free will, he would go to his master to his master's door and he would ask him to pierce his ear, a symbol that he belonged to his master forever and would serve him forever. You know, we have pierced ears today, most of us women, um, but we don't have that, we don't think of that as that was a symbol at that time of a pierced ear that I am committing to serving you on my own free will for the rest of my life. And when I was in college, uh, after I started walking with the Lord again, uh, we used to sing a song in our Campus Crusade meetings. Uh, Pierce my ear, O Lord my God. Take me to your door this day. I will serve no other God. Lord, I'm here to stay. Have you told the Lord, pierce my ear? Have you gone to him and said, be my Adonai, be my Lord, I want to serve you for the rest of my life? You know, and most of you probably have done that. Most of you have made him Lord. And yet there may be some of you who are, are not ready to relinquish control of the throne of your life to Adonai, that you're hanging on to it or you're afraid or maybe God has disappointed you. How do we get to the place where we call him Adonai and mean it? where we commit to him as our master, as our Lord? How do we get to that place that where we're willing to say, pierce my ear, O Lord? Well, David gives us insight into this in Psalm 86. Um, you studied Psalm 86 this week in your looking reflectively sections. We took two days to look at the Psalm. 
And I love this psalm because it really pulls together who Adonai is and why would we want to submit to his lordship in our lives. Well, David uses three names of God in the psalm. He uses Yahweh, Elohim, and Adonai. And those three names fit so well together. Yahweh, as we looked at a few weeks ago, is the great I am. I am all you need. I am everything you need. And so he is that sufficient God. Elohim is our mighty creator, and because he is our creator, he is the only one who has the right to be our master. And as our master and creator, he sustains us and takes care of us. And then David calls God by the name Adonai seven times in the psalm. And I went through and I just circled Adonai. Seven times he calls him Adonai in the psalm. And so as we look at Psalm 86, David lays out two things that we need to do in order to make God Adonai, to make him Lord, to be willing to say, pierce my ear, O Lord my God, two things. The first one is we have to acknowledge our neediness. We see that in verses one to four. Uh, look at verse one. He says, incline your ear, O Yahweh, and answer me, for I am afflicted and needy. He calls God by the name Yahweh in this verse, which is a great way to start because he's acknowledging, God, you are the sufficient one. You are the one who is all I need. You are the one who, you're enough. And he's admitting he is needy. God, I am needy. And verse 14 gives us a, a, a glimpse into what's going on. In verse 14, he says, Arrogant men have risen up against me. A band of violent men have sought my life. He had ch Saul's men probably chasing him, trying to kill him. And he was overwhelmed with life, and he knew that he could not handle things on his own. He needed God to take charge, to be in control. And, he, and that's when he, he cries out to God in verses two through four. And then again in verse seven, listen to me as I just read these real quickly. Verse two, save your servant who trusts in you. Verse three, for to you I cry all day long. Verse four, for to you, O Adonai, I lift up my soul. Verse seven, in the day of my trouble, I shall call upon you, for you will answer me. He is saying, God, I can't do this on my own, but you can. And I, I just yield to you. So before we can call him Adonai, before he can pierce our ear, we have to come to him and admit we need him and cry out to him for help. You know, going back to my testimony, I reached that point that Sunday night in my dorm room as a junior when I realized that, God, I have made a mess of my life and I have tried to change it. I have tried to quit the partying. Uh, I've tried to clean up my mouth from the words that were coming out. Lord, I've tried to change and I can't. I've made a mess. God, I need you to work in me because I can't do it. And I admitted to him that night, I am needy. And I want you to take the throne of my life. I want, and I actually pictured stepping down off of the throne 
and and asking him, it's yours, Lord. You take you sit on the throne. That is what it took for me was to admit my neediness. That was the day that I figuratively went to the Lord and said, pierce my ear, O Lord my God. But I want to say one other thing about the Lordship decision. When you, it's different from the salvation decision. When you become a Christian, when you ask Christ uh, to pay the penalty for your sins, when you accept that, it's a one-time thing. He doesn't keep dying on the cross, paying your penalty for you. He does it once for all. Once he is your Savior, he is always your Savior. But the Lordship thing is a little uh, different in that we still have our sin nature. Yes, we can say, I want you to take control, but our sin nature keeps getting in the way, and we, for a moment, maybe just take control and go, oh, I'm going to do this my way. And then God hopefully convicts you. And you stop and you go, well, sorry, Lord. And, and he's constantly convicting me throughout the day as I'm thinking something negative or I said something that was not nice. And he convicts me. But for those moments, I'm playing, you know, I'm, I'm kind of taking over. And lordship is a continuing, ongoing relationship. Every day I have to choose who's going to sit on the throne of my life today, me or Adonai. So the first thing we have to do if, we're, if he's going to be Adonai in our lives is that we have to acknowledge our neediness. Do you need him? Or do you feel like you've got life under control on your own? Or you want to run things your way? Our neediness is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength because it shows that we know where our strength comes from. So that's the first step in making him add an eye uh, to pierce our ear. It's to recognize our neediness. The second step is we need to trust his character. And this is verses 5 to 17, the rest of the psalm. And we're not going to go through every verse, but what I want to do is, is focus on his character. It would be hard to give control to someone you don't trust. David focused on Adonai's character throughout this psalm. So what do we learn about God? What do we learn about Adonai from these verses that would make us want to trust him as Adonai? So I'm going to run through a few of these. Uh, first, he is good. In verse 5, it says, For you, Adonai, are good. He doesn't want to hurt us. He doesn't want to, to harm us. He doesn't want to mistreat us. He doesn't delight in seeing us in pain. He is good, and we can trust him. Second thing David says, he is forgiving. Verse 5, he is re you are ready to forgive. You know, he doesn't begrudgingly forgive us. He's not sitting there going, oh, I really just don't want to forgive you, or, well, you know, I'm going to wait a while. I have to think about this. He is ready to forgive. And, and for us, I know we've all probably had people in our lives that maybe have not wanted to forgive us, or we've had trouble forgiving. God is not like that. He is ready to forgive us. We don't have to beg him to. We don't have to hope he will. He showed us that he's forgiving by what he did on the cross. Third, 
character trait about him is that he is loving. Verse 5, he says, You are abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. Verse 13, For your loving kindness toward me is great. Verse 15, You're abundant in loving kindness and truth. Do you ever question God's love for you? I have. And it's usually been in those times when God has not answered a prayer the way I wanted him to or uh, his plan is not what I want. Um, when I've questioned his love when life was hard and not it was just tough and I've said, God, I just don't think you love me right now. If you did, why are you allowing this to happen? Or God, why are you blessing her? What about me? Do you love me? I've questioned him. But every time I do, his word keeps reminding me. He loves me abundantly. And he loves you abundantly. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God loves you abundantly? Because if you do, you would not hesitate to surrender control to him. Like the Hebrew slave in the seventh year who chose to stay with their master because he knew his master loved him. A fourth characteristic trait of God is he's incomparable. In verses 8 to 10, um, he says, There is no one like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous deeds. You alone are Elohim. You know, David knew there was no one like his master, Adonai. He knew that he is the only God. And why would we choose to serve other gods, false gods? And I think we have to stop and ask ourselves, God, what gods, false gods, am I serving? What false gods are trying to steal my devotion away from you? Maybe it's the God of money or the God of materialism or the God of position or prestige. Maybe it's the God of work or the God of pleasure. But those gods will never satisfy us. Oh, maybe for a moment. But Adonai is the only true God. He has no equal. He is the only one who is worthy to be our master and Lord. And then a fifth trait, quality, is that he is merciful and gracious. In verse 15, But you, O Adonai, are a God merciful and gracious. He extends grace and mercy to us when we blow it. When we sin, we don't have to beat ourselves up. He doesn't judge us. He doesn't punish us. He's already paid for that penalty of our sin. He's merciful and gracious and extends that to us every time we sin. And then the last one, he is slow to anger. In verse 15, it says, you are slow to anger. You know, I've been around people who are like powder kegs, just waiting to explode at something you do or something you say. 
I actually dated some guys that were like that, that I never knew when I was going to set them off. Um, people that are ready to explode in anger at the slightest thing, and I don't enjoy being around them. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel safe around them. But God is slow to anger. He's not going to explode just to, like that. He, he's not somebody that we have to be on pins and needles and feel like we have to walk on eggshells with God. He is slow to anger. How comforting that is. Why wouldn't we want to submit to a master like that? Why wouldn't we want to serve a master like that? We can trust his character. I think most of you probably know by now that I have two cats, Hobson and Hannah. And I wish that my cats trusted me. I wish they trusted my character. I wish that they knew how um, much I love them. But they don't always see me as a good master. They don't always see me as a loving master. For instance, when Hobson is chewing on an electric cord and I yank it out of his mouth and I'm like, no, and he looks, he kind of goes, no. And he's mad at me because I have taken away this enjoyment, this pleasure in his life. But I love him and I know, and I've told him, Hobson, we do not want to see fried cat hair today. I don't want to have to do CPR on you because you've gone into cardiac arrest from the electric shock going through your little body. I know what the dangers are. He doesn't. And so he looks at me as a cruel, non-loving master. I wish they trusted me. Or the days that I have to take them to the vet. Oh, I dread that. It's once a year. And I've gotten where now I suit up. I put on a padded jacket, I put on gloves, wrap a scarf around my neck. I try to have on as many layers as I can because it's going to be a fight. It takes me an hour plus to get them into the carrier. And I used to have battle wounds, scratches just all over me from doing it. And they look at me and they think, why are you doing this? You're a mean master, a mean owner. And I'm not. I'm doing it to them because I love them, and I want them to be healthy. I wish they trust my character, because then they'd surrender to me as their owner, their master, and not fight with me and struggle against me and run away. And God is that kind of master who loves us even when we don't see that as love. We think he's taking away something we really want or that he's being cruel to us when he's doing something for our good. I want to trust my master, my Adonai, instead of fighting with him, instead of resisting his lordship. And the more I focus on his character, the more we focus on his character, the more we can trust him. Do you have trouble trusting God with your life? If you do, focus on his character. So David illustrated two things we need to do in order to make God our Lord and our Master, our Adonai. First, we need to admit our, weak, our neediness. And second, we need to trust his character. Where are you in that master-servant relationship today? 
Is he your Adonai? Is he on the throne of your life today, or are you in charge? Are you struggling with giving him control, of of stepping off the throne? If so, what is holding you back? What's hindering you from, from giving him your life? I have never regretted the day that I went to my knees and asked him to be my Adonai, my Lord. And even though his plan for my life took a different path than I would have planned, I can look back and see how God has been so gracious to me, and I can trust him because I trust his character. He is good and loving. I pray that we can all sing those words. Pierce my ear, O Lord my God. Take me to your door this day. I will serve no other God. Lord, I'm here to stay. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you want to take charge of our lives and take care of us and keep us off the wrong path and keep us healthy. And you know what's best for us, Lord. And I, I want you to be Lord of my life. And Father, I pray for those listening, watching, who are struggling with trusting you in that area, that are struggling with getting off the throne and handing it to you. And Father, I pray that each person listening to this today would have you as Lord of their lives, as Adonai. We love you. Father, we know we're needy, but we know we can trust your character. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I look forward to seeing you again next week for another name or names of God. See you then.